Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. Well, hello fellow podcast listeners and welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart. I am joined by all of my co-hosts in crime. First up, without in, in in no particular order, Ragnar. How's it going, Ragnar? Well, hello everyone. It's uh, going quite well. It's been a little while, but uh, feels great to be back. Excellent, excellent. Uh, next up, we have Lillian Knelson. How's it going, Lillian? Oh, you know, four weeks of insomnia. We're going insane. We're doing mm. well, though. I can see that. I can see that. Yep. Like, uh, it's crazy how lack of sleep change, you know, makes a person go crazy because I've, I've been there. It's a thing. It definitely is. Um, next up, we have Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, I am good. I am feeling more intelligent and highly educated as people teach my old self how to use Messenger. Excellent. Excellent. You know, and some of those people might be on this call. <laughs> it's me. I'm those people. Excellent. Um, you know, honestly, Kev, if I had your last name, my response would always be, "I'm decent." I very rarely use that word. Really? Yeah, because I had so much, you know, um, mocking and and picking and. I don't want to say bullying, like not quite that level. Really, but, you know, over oh, decent, yeah. really. Yep. Crazy. I just, I just think it's a cool name. I, I'd always be throwing that out there, but yeah, I guess if people are mocking you for it, like that's so bizarre. I mean, it's. I'm assuming kids were talking, right? Back when we we're yeah, yeah, in, in school and all. Yeah, kids can be the cruelest. Um, sure. but. Anyway, <clears throat> I apologize. Allergies, as always. Um, yeah, it's such a weird winter. Like, hardly any snow out there. But anyway, um, last but not least, we have Alexa. How's it going, Alexa? Hi. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Excellent. Can't Excellent. say I'm decent, so <laughs> I'll say I'm okay. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> um, all right, well... This is uh, our 80s movie discussion. Uh, I believe, is this part three or part four? I can't remember now. I think it's three. part two. Oh, no, what? we've de- we've definitely done two episodes. <laughs> it's we've... been a while. Yeah. Part two for me, but it could be part three for others. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah I want to say it was August last time we did this, so maybe, no. It's got to be part three. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> this is our best movies of the 80s discussion. This is based on the book by Helen O'Hara uh, that I picked up. Um, so, yeah, so basically we're just going through this book year by year because that's how it's broke down. Uh, so, real quick, the 80s was a golden age of cinema with a steady stream of unforgettable blockbusters, many of which still live on in the memories of doting fans around the world. It was a decade of extraordinary sci-fi, pulsating action, side-splitting humor, and a healthy dose of teen angst. 
that is uh, the description of the book, and it's it's true, absolutely true. Um, so, well, I, before we get moving on into the episode real quick, um, let, let's check in with everybody, because like I said, it's been at least a month since we, we've all been together. Um, so Ragnar, how's things going with you? Or been, you've been uh, already hitting the convention scene, I see. Yes, I've I've actually done two trade shows already this year. Um, wow. A small one. Well, it wasn't a small event, but uh, by comparison, a smaller one in Manitoba, a, a tattoo show. Hmm. And then I just got home yesterday from Fan Expo Vancouver, which wow. was huge. Uh, it's it was I believe it was completely sold out. It was certainly sold out for the Friday and Saturday, or sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Hmm. And uh, it, in terms of sales, it was the best show I've ever had ever in the history of my company. Awesome! So that was a huge win, and uh, lots of amazing cosplays, um, lots of wonderful customers. Uh, they had some pretty cool celebrities. Of course, I didn't get to meet any of them, but I saw a lot of people with autographs from Elijah Wood mm. and a lot of people with autographs from Danny Trejo. Um, yes, I did see he was there. So I, I'm not sure if those were the two biggest guests or not, but those were the two who's, uh, you know, people who got their autographs came to my table a lot. So that was cool. And, uh, of course, there were tons of awesome Star Wars cosplays, mm. including um, people have already started building costumes of the uh, zombie troopers and the repaired troopers from the Ahsoka show, which mm. was really cool. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible, and it's made me really, really, really excited for all of the upcoming comic cons uh, that April and May will bring. Because I I think that they're going to be really busy again. Yep. Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to Calgary, but I'm still kind of on the fence if I'm actually going to go, just because, uh, yeah, just financial yep. reasons. It's well, and and it's it'll be just like last year where it's crazy busy and there's nowhere to sit. So yeah. if you do come, bring a chair. <laughs> yeah. No, I I already. Like on your recommend, because you were talking, like as we were talking about it, uh, and you were saying how these people had like these little stools that they brought around with them that folded, and they got them at a hunting store. So that's exactly where I went. I went to the hunting store in my town, and I got a couple of those. One for me, one for the for my daughter, and uh, so we're prepped. Um, it's just, yeah, we're going through some some issues with. Uh, because my wife is still on disability because she's waiting for a knee replacement surgery. And oh. we're, we're going through some issues with WCB right now. They want to cut her off. and uh, so. Oh, that's just, hard. Yeah, it sucks, you know. And it's got to suck for her, too, because oh, not yeah. only is there financial stress, but there's, like, I'm in pain stress. Yeah, and they don't seem to get that. It's like, um, because of the pandemic, it's like she gets pushed down the list it seems like every year for getting this knee replacement like we've been waiting for three years now Oof. and they're like well it's taking too long it's taking yeah you're telling us you know like we we want we want this knee replacement 
because um, every doctor says do it, but we're still waiting, and it's not her fault that she's waiting. She would get it. She would have got it like three years ago if she could have. Yeah, but yeah. I I imagine she wants it done as fast as possible. Yeah, that any delays are uh, probably not on her end. No, and yeah, they just don't seem to understand that. So uh, that's unfortunate. So hope I'm hope I'm hopeful that you know it'll get resolved, and but uh, yeah, just everything's on hold until we find out what's going on. Just because, yeah, for that reason. Yeah. But anyway, no, um, yeah, it yeah. sucks. It sucks. But um, yeah, that's and then uh, so I'll, I'll just go next with what what's new. Um, not much new. I got a, a work trip coming up, so that's kind of cool. I'm going to Houston for the first time in my life. Uh, and that's, you know, the company's paying for it. They're paying for my hotel and my flight. And yeah, it's, it's great. Um, the, you know, I think that course is going to be really awesome. And then there's enough hours after the course that I can see some sites and, and check some stuff out um and i'm going with a a, a co-working friend um so that's kind of cool because we don't really get to hang out much anymore because he's at a different facility so i never see the guy so it's kind of cool that we're going to get to hang out and plus um i'm hopefully fingers crossed going to uh, get to meet one of uh, my former uh podcasting friends i mean we're still friends but she doesn't uh, podcast anymore uh, and that's Miss M. Um, she was one of my, you know, uh, co-hosts uh, back, you know, 2016, 2015, 2014. We, you know, we had we had a good stretch of podcasting, and uh, she was. I had her on the podcast to 2021. I want to say like it's it's been a while, but she's super busy lady. So uh, I, I've never met her personally. So I'm looking forward to. To meeting her and, and hanging out for a bit, so that's kind of cool. Um, all right, uh, Alexa, what's new with you? Well, not a whole lot, considering it's still winter and I still sell parts for golf carts. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there it's you not go. A, not a whole lot that can happen in there, but well, I, um, I was I was going to say you and and Ragnar did return from Vegas. Uh, did. I didn't see anything on the news, so that's good. Yeah, we didn't get stuck there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alexa was quite annoyed that I won money about half an hour before we had to leave. Yeah. So I got to leave Vegas with a bunch of cash in my wallet, whereas Alexa left Vegas with no cash in her wallet. I have receipts, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, didn't gamble it all away. Too. <laughs> did you guys you know, see it, was it? Nice. it was a good getaway it was it was warm it wasn't warm warm but it was better than here for a t-shirt kind of warm yeah did you did you guys see any cool machines when you were down there like uh slot machines uh well i introduced ragnar to the original like still drop a coin in it and the coins drop back out machines nice that was Fun. There's not too many of those left anymore, the coin-operated ones. Yeah, I guess yeah, not, yeah, there's eh? Lots of, there's lots of themed slot machines now, too. Like, there's Game yeah. of Thrones ones, and there's Wizard of Oz, and 
Ghostbusters and um, uh, there were t- tons of them, tons of theme like pop culture themed games. Now, yeah, we didn't see any Star Wars ones. We would have played no. those for sure. Yeah, uh, they w- they would have been. I, good luck getting us to leave those ones. Yeah. <laughs> We were looking for the Elvira one, but we never never found one. We're, we're oh. unclear. You know, maybe they retired her machine. We're not sure. Yeah. But I remember it from a previous visit, and it was pretty exciting. Well, that... I had Googled it, and it said there was one there, but the review from when it was there was four years ago, so it very well could be gone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, that's yeah. that's cool. Like, um. Last time I was in Vegas, yeah, I saw a Star Trek machine, Twilight Zone. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. the Twilight Zone one. Yeah, that yeah. one was good. Yeah, yeah, it was. They're fun. Um, and we went to a lot of amazing shows too. Yes. Oh, nice. Three different Cirque du Soleil shows. Oh. And two magic shows, and we also went to Blue Man Group. Oh, cool. Yeah. We packed so all, it in and there. all of them were spectacular. <laughs> David Copperfield absolutely blew our minds. Yeah, it was insane. Still to this day, I can't even like fathom we, it. Like we it was, saw him teleport oh. from the stage to the middle of the audience. He made a UFO, like a, I don't know, 15, 20 foot across UFO appear floating above everybody. Uh, yeah, it was just mind-blowing. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's starting to look a little old, but the show was still incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not ageless. <laughs> no, no. Um, that would yeah, be that his was, greatest. If only it'd be like that'd be a true sign. If he never aged, we'd be like it's witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> David Copperfield forever just was David Copperfield. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was. If you, if any of you or, or oh, any of our listeners, <laughs> you're ever in Las Vegas and you have the chance to go see David Copperfield because it was yes, incredible. For sure. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, what's new with you, sir? Oh, dealing with crazy people at work. Mm. Um, to the point where my um, my my myself, I'll, I'll word it that way that you're all familiar with. Uh, to the point where myself was like, geez, should I have a concealed carry at work? Ooh. That's, like the, uh, I deal with crazy people at work, but they're just called co-workers, so I'm told. Uh, well, I mean, my co-workers are crazy and insult me and pick on me. Um, I, I, I said, uh, I've had work, I've had work wives before. I've never had a work sister. Mm. And And by that, I mean... I know you love me, but you give me more crap than anyone else. <laughs> it feels like family. Um, I mean this in a positive way. It yeah. might not be coming across, but I do mean <laughs> a positive way. No, we had um, uh, uh, just people being very animated about things and and not understanding uh, the law. And uh, one guy is all manic and flipping out and pacing and making everyone uncomfortable, wondering why they took his guns away. I'm like, I can tell you why right now. <laughs> You've been in front of me for two minutes, and I'm glad you don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but just crazy stuff lately. I'm like, you know, it's the usual, oh, is it a full moon out tonight or something? And 
you know, oh, th- today's a little bit warmer. I guess they've all come out of their hibernation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in positive news, I think we have, uh, myself and my group of friends there, I think we finally settled on our WrestleMania plans for April. Oh, nice. And uh, it looks like we're doing two shows every day <laughs> for the trip. Oh, wow. Uh, two indie shows Thursday as soon as we get there, two on Friday, two WWE things Saturday. And there's two conventions going on. WWE has their own convention of, like, merchandise and meet and greets and autographs mm-hmm. and photo shoots and, you know, random interviews and stuff. And then everyone non-WWE has their own convention going on with all the same stuff. And it turns out we're at the same hotel as that convention. Huh. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm, I was already debating. I'm like, all right, I took the Monday off after all this to travel back. But now I'm kind of wondering if I should take the Tuesday off as well to f- just pass out for a day. Yeah, probably. And and then I realize as we're driving back, Monday is going to be when that eclipse hits New York. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be a very interesting drive back. So what? where is WrestleMania? Is it New York City this year? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Same, same stadium Eagles play in. Oh, cool. So it's like. 60 to 70,000 yeah at least for two nights yeah and an open open air stadium in april in the northeast i don't know that might we might regret that one yeah no that that sounds like fun it uh i've never been to a wrestlemania that'd be cool i i went to the one in toronto yeah i remember uh, that you that was the rock versus hogan you went to that one rock versus hogan yeah Well, that would have been pretty epic, man. Yep, right in Skydome, but we, our seats were so far up, I could see the gears turn when they opened up the roof to let the fireworks smoke out. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> but still... But was there. <laughs> but yeah, you were still there. That's awesome. Um, all right, Lillian, wh- uh, what's new with you? Um, Besides not sleeping. has evaded me. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's been ridiculous. So at work, they also, we haven't had heat for like three and a half weeks. Oh. And so they finally turned on the heat today, uh, which was nice. We got, they installed a new HVAC system and oh. uh, had to wait for the guys from like Vancouver to show up to actually turn it on. Yeah. But the guys never showed up because the, they were like, never mind, we'll get it done. And I'm like, we are dying. My nose is cold. This is not nice. Um. So that's been interesting. Uh, Enrolled a toddler in kindergarten, and all of a sudden she's got an interesting attitude. Uh, Yeah. All of a sudden my baby's going to kindergarten, and she's just a character. That's Uh, That's crazy she's going to kindergarten already. I know. I swear, guys, I just had a baby. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's like my, my nephew. Like, we just had his fifth birthday. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I, like, wow. it seems like yesterday I was just going to a hospital to see him and hold him for the first time. But uh, And then all of a sudden, poof, they're all grown up and saying things to you and you're going, where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. What level of insanity? Are you just, ah. Um, otherwise, it's been pretty mellow. Mellow's good. Mellow's good. Yeah. Kind of got lost for about four weeks in a 
text-based cyberpunk game and mm-hmm. abandoned my entire family, uh, which we are slowly now crawling out of. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's funny. Excellent. All right. Well, we can uh, roll on with uh, this episode's topic, and that is the best of the ni- of the eighties movies, or the best movies of the eighties. Sorry. First up for this episode, we got a nightmare on Elm Street. We are vulnerable when we sleep. Did you know, legend has it that Johnny Depp landed his role after accompanying his friend Jackie Earl Haley to his audition. Haley missed out, but eventually played Freddy Krueger in the 2010 reboot of the movie. Which we should not speak about. We don't talk about that. He's a a great actor. I was going to say that. Dunk. Yeah, I, I really like Jackie Earl Haley. He was fantastic in The Watchmen. Um, oh, so uh, good in The Watchmen. Yeah, because, yeah, he was Rorschach, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was in the first season of um, Preacher. He was awesome there, too. And yeah, no, he's great. He, yeah. He wasn't a great Freddy, but I, I don't really think that's on him. I think it's because the whole movie stunk. Well, I, and I mean, I, I don't understand why they just didn't get Robert England to play him again because he still, still could pull yeah. it off. I know but, it was, it was goofy. That's that's what the fans wanted. Was yeah. I, I, it, honestly, it's kind of like the Hellboy reboot. Like, I mean, I like yeah. uh, what's his name from Stranger Things. Um, yeah, he's great, but his Hellboy wasn't great. No, but it's, it's like Ron Ron Perlman could still pull it off. Like, why wouldn't you have Ron Perlman play him? Yeah. If you're going to do a Hellboy, even if it is a reboot. Yeah, and that reboot, and that came and went pretty fast, so that tells you that most people didn't like it. Um, so this this uh, also says uh, it recommends further viewing. It recommends checking out Hellraiser 1987. If you liked uh, Nightmare's surreal touches and no-holds-barred violence, go one step further with this grotesque Clive Barker effort and his... Uh, Sad, 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 man, I don't know if I can pronounce this word. Sadum, so, so, I can't. Sadomasochism? Yes, that's it. Sadomasochism. Hey, what are you trying to say, darling? <laughs> Sadomasochistic. Masochism. Yeah. It's easier to say it if you take the ball gag out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's beside the point. Um, so, so, so that word, that, that word, monsters, and the Cenobites, Cenobites. Oh, Cenobites. I guess that that's uh, that's your Hellraiser. Yeah, Hellraiser and his buddies, right? Yep. I honestly, I I, I kind of like that movie a little bit better, to be honest with you. Um, plus, because what's his name sent it? Andrew Robinson, who played Garrick on Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's the dad, right? Yeah, he's like the is is he the stepdad in that movie? Is he that oh, girl's stepdad? Step. Yeah, and I mean he's a he's uh, I love that guy, but I mean I love Robert England too. Like Nightmare on Elm Street as a kid, that shit scared the hell out of me. Especially I want to say part three, because uh, I think that's the one that had like the time loop thing. That that scene where they kept where they kept repeating everything. 
and that just blew my mind. I was just like, this is scary, you know? Um, and then, yeah, this episode, or the, sorry, this movie was like Johnny Depp's first big movie, I believe. So that yeah, kind of yeah. cool. I believe he gets murdered in this movie, so. Yeah. <laughs> he, makes, he, makes, he makes a splash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, let's go around the board. Kevin, your thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street? I mean, one one of the best creeped me out. I was way too young to see it. Babysitter's kids were watching it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to, like, sneak watching it when I was supposed to be asleep there. And just so scary and terrifying. But it's because it's good, and it still holds up. Like, that movie's you know, I mean, like, it's still scary. It's, it's got so innovative, so much going for it. I mean, like, yeah, the whole thing becomes a joke later on. And some are really fun. I love three. I love Dream Warriors. Um, and some just get stupid. There's a reason why, you know, the slasher genre gets mocked. But that first one is really good. I think you could have a, a horror movie party today and throw that on and mm-hmm. still get a great reaction. Yep. All right. Uh, Lillian, your thoughts on A Nightmare on Elm Street? I am in. I love this movie. Um, I was 10 years old. I had a friend of mine, uh, my only friend. Uh, my the best friend um, and invited me over and we were she loved horror movies and so I would not sleep for a week but I would stay up with her watching horror movies all night long and this is one of the first ones she showed me and I was absolutely terrified but at the same time enthralled um, I, I, I love not the new ones but I mean, <laughs> Freddy Krueger will always have a happy spot in my heart, even mm-hmm. if it's badly done. Like it's just that whole—it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was good. I mean, I was way too young to be watching it, but at the same time, oh my god! Excellent, beautiful. Uh, Alexa, your thoughts on A Nightmare on Elm Street? I've never seen it. All right. <gasps> Really? I know, I know, I know. I'd heard that cast. Yeah, I know. I've never seen it. Oh my god! I know all about it. it. Yeah, and but yet... I've never, I've never actually watched it from start to finish. I've seen portions of it, but never watched it like all the way through. And when I say portions, I really mean like portions. Like others were watching it, and I was like, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. watch this because I know I need to watch it from start to finish. And it was like maybe four or five minutes, and then I was like, nope, I need to leave. <laughs> Or I'm going to ruin this for myself. <laughs> well, to be honest so with I'm you... So I'm waiting another couple years, probably, to watch it with my son. He's 11. Yeah. And although he likes horror... He, like, he likes don't... horror. You're, you're getting yeah. close. Yeah. I don't know. When it has to do with with horror while you're dreaming, while you're sleeping... Yeah, that's... feel like that's where it's going to be a problem. And it wouldn't be a problem at the time would be a problem that night and following night, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, don't feel bad, Alexa, because, like, to be honest with you, I think I watched this once when I was a kid, and I've watched the other, like, spinoff stuff, like, yeah, scenes here and there. Like I said, like, that time loop scene, I think that's from the third one. That freaked me out. Um, and And I'd never seen, like, time done that way before. 
I'm a, I don't know if it was a time loop or if they were in a dream and it kept looping. I, I can't remember, but I just remember the time thing. Um, and I think the, honestly, the only one that I think I, I've ever watched from start to finish was the first Freddy versus Jason one that they did. Um, just because yeah, see, I've seen that one. Yeah. It's, it's like, just, yeah. it's one of those things like you have to watch it, right? Just because it's too icons from two different franchises meeting yeah. like like now we kind of take it for granted you know like after like we got the avengers we got the justice league movie but back then you didn't franchises didn't really interact so when you know freddy versus jason showed up yeah so when that happened and then alien versus predator stuff like that like you kind of took notice the first time and then they of course overdid it and took advantage but well i mean it's no different than than the crossover the superhero crossovers now right oh, yeah. they're starting to be oversaturated and taking over and when freddie and Ver- freddie versus jason came out right like nothing yep. else was doing a crossover yet superhero movies yep. were not like they are now like what did you have batman batman returns yeah like yep. that was really it yeah as far as like you know your big blockbuster kind of superhero movies yeah they exactly. weren't really a thing when when you know when we were kids <laughs> no. excellent and ragnar your thoughts on a nightmare on elm street oh man it's such a classic classic horror movie i personally never really found it scary but i watched it when i was you know a teenager and i think if i'd watched it when i was younger it would have been scary like as a, so if like little ten year old you was ten years old, yeah, probably like nine old ten years old, it would have freaked me right out. <laughs> at at fifteen, I didn't think it was scary. I just thought it was great. Um, Robert England as Freddy Krueger is just so fantastic. He plays that role with such glee that even though Freddy's the bad guy and he's scary, you still love him you're still rooting for him on some weird level because he's so fascinating and so, I guess, charismatic. Um, it's a great movie. And, and you know, if you like horror movies at all, it's a definite must-watch. Yeah, some of the sequels are less good, for sure. Some of them are okay. Um, but there's no denying its impact on pop culture. You know, it. This, is a, this was a big movie that a lot of people saw, and it it helped blow up the horror genre in the 80s, and you see parodies of it even in modern stuff, like Rick and Morty do a parody of it, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's friggin' great, and I, I definitely would recommend it. Yep. Excellent. My favorite is probably the scene from Treehouse of Horrors, when... when uh... Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was a good one. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, so the next chapter of the book, well, not next chapter, but the next page that is in here, it's going to be kind of, I think I'll turn this into kind of like a lightning round. Uh, so this, the, the headline is the movies you loved back then. So these are movies that you may have loved as a child, but may not hold up today. So uh, I'll just list them off, and then um, we'll we'll talk about each one. Um, so Crawl, that came out in 1983. 
uh, Krull, K-R-U-L-L. Um, this uh, was like a sci-fi fantasy movie. Um, I remember there was that Cyclops dude. I remember liking him when I was a kid. He dies, I think. Sorry, spoilers. Um, <clears throat> and then years later, I, I learned that the, the hero of the movie is actually played by the guy who played Commander Eddington on Deep Space Nine years later. Yeah, so, so I this, you're right. Yeah, so this handsome, swashbuckling hero in the 80s became like a balding, middle-aged guy in the 90s on Deep Space Nine, and I had no idea that was the same actor. So that, that was cool. So uh, does anyone have any comments on Krull? Uh, I... <laughs> I've never actually seen it, but there was a poster of it at my school, and it was just, it looked so epic in that 80s sci-fi fantasy way, like Masters of the Universe kind of thing, Um, but I've never actually tracked down a copy and watched it. Um, I bet it's really bad, but I feel like I'd still want to see it. I totally want to see it. I've never seen it. And the fact that you tell me that it, you feel like it's going to be really bad and it's that classic, you know, 80s sci-fi makes me want to watch it that much more. Yeah. Especially that it's going to be bad. <laughs> I, I remember as a kid loving it, but I remember my parents hating it. They thought it was so bad. Yeah. Um, but speaking of which... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kev. Spinning... Oh, did we lose Kev? Oh, I think we may have. Hmm. That's not a decent thing to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... this is what you meant, isn't Liam it? Liam Neeson was oh, in that movie. Kind of teen, yes, he right? was. Yes. <laughs> wow, I, it's I... a baby Neeson. That I can't. Did he play the Cyclops guy? I can't remember now. No, he was a member of a band, the Bandits, an axe-wielding, jovial polygamist. <laughs> ah, interesting. Uh, so Kev is back. Uh, Kev, we lost you there for a no second. I have no idea what happened there. I'm sorry. No problem. But you're you're talking about Krull. I was just uh, Krull had that weird spinning weapon yep. thing, right? Yeah. Like a bunch of claws. Okay. Yep. And okay, that, that's what I remember more than anything from that movie. Yeah, so that's like the the oh, what did they call that? Uh, the the glaive. It's called the glaive. Yeah, kind of like a throwing star claw mashup. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, when we lost you there, Kev Lillian had mentioned that Liam Neeson was also in this movie. So, oh, yeah. Uh, but speaking of, of movies that uh, my parents hated when I was a kid and definitely don't hold up today, uh, we have the Ewok Adventure, Caravan of Courage, 1984, and Ewoks, The Battle for Endor, 1985. So these films are actually the first spin-off, fran- spin-off uh, franchises, movies, whatever, of Star Wars. So, you know, before we had The Mandalorian... Before we had Solo, a Star Wars movie, we had these Ewok movies. As a kid, I loved them, but again, like I said, my parents hated them. 
they hated when we when these things would show up on I I want to say the wonderful world of Disney they would show up. Um and yeah, uh I tried I think I bought the DVD when my kids were little and they were watching them and it was it was hard. It, it was like this isn't as cool as I remember. So I didn't I didn't actually watch it with them. Um and yeah, the Ewoks they didn't look quite the same as they did on Return of the Jedi. This kind of looked weird. Um but anyway, uh anyone have any thoughts on the the Ewok movies? I think my brother loved them when he was little. Yeah. And that's all I remember about them. Like I said when I was a kid, I loved them too. But uh yeah. Well, the thing with I the... remember being Oh, sorry. I remember right here, being insanely excited to see them and then being kind of disappointed that they were good, but they... I think I wanted to actually see, like, full Star Wars. Yeah. I think I was expecting lightsabers and space battles, and that's not quite what happened. Yeah. And I think the kids, their dad was, like, an X-Wing pilot or something. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, these movies take place before Return of the Jedi, I think. I believe you're right. Yeah, because so, yeah. so, I remember at the time thinking, yeah, like, you know, someone's going to show up, but, yeah. But anyway, um, the Care Bears movie, 1985. <coughs> um, so the, the little blurb here is there's very little humor here for adults, and a sense of glassy-eyed sentimentality that even kids may notice. One child character laughs, aren't parents great? Something no small child has ever said. And the Care Bears stare is a little brainwashy in retrospect. Um, I, I love the, the Care Bears TV show that spun out of this movie. Uh, but I remember the movie because for TV they broke that movie up into like a four part uh, four part episode arc for the TV show and so that's actually where I've watched it the most uh, uh-huh. when, I, when I was a kid um, and those episodes were it was kind of jarring like it, it wasn't as good as the regular show um, but anyone does anyone have it, any thoughts on Care Bears movie? It's got the creepy woman in the book. There was the there was the bad guy. There was like this possessed book that was corrupting oh. kids in this camp, and it was like this creepy yellow or not yellow green head that came out of it that was manipulating the kids. Like this evil spirit inside the book. It was creepy as a kid. Still remember it to this day. Well, speaking of creepy, and this isn't on this list. This is just me throwing this out there. Have any of you ever watched The Great Peanut Butter Experiment? Um, This is a movie or or like somebody... uh, Peanut Butter Experience. And it's the one with the the peanut butter helps grow the hair. Yeah. And they're making the brushes. Yes. Yeah, and then... That kid's hair keeps growing. Yep, yep. And then they start making these magic brushes out of his hair. Yeah, and then that the bad guy, like he makes a he does a painting, but then they can go into the painting. Yep. 
Yep, because of the this magic sounds like a really hair. weird acid trip. It, it it's it's a weird movie, man. I kind of want to watch that. It, yeah. Uh, it it was on CBC. I, that's where I saw it. It was I, I believe where I saw it too, honestly. Well, I and yeah, and I think it was actually filmed in Quebec because I think it's originally a French speaking movie because it had the bad English dubbing on it. Um, it's all it's around the same era. There was also a movie called The Dog That Stopped the War. I don't know if you guys ever seen that either. That's one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah, it was made around the same time, and I think by the same company. So it's that kind of quality because again, that was like a French movie that they dubbed into English. Um, but those two movies, yeah, I remember the dog that stopped the war because yeah, spoilers the the dog dies, and that's oh. and be, because it, in the eighties and nineties, <clears throat> all the dogs had to die because they yeah, all had to probably... yeah, thank you, you got there first. So yeah, so what the okay, so the dog that stopped you know, the the great peanut butter is it experience or experiment? It's I'm it, checking right now. Okay. So that one was creepy. The the dog that stopped the war, the premise is there's these two group or this there's this group of kids, this big group that hangs out and then they basically split off into two groups. One group makes this really cool snow fort. It's it's like a snow castle almost. And then this other group kind of hangs out in the shack, and then they like they they're they're going to war with each other, like they you know throwing snowballs and trying to sabotage each other's forts and. And the fort also has secret passages, by the way. Yeah, like there's a, a, a secret escape thing that you know when the snow fort gets overwhelmed, these two kids basically jump on this this uh, sled and bat, you know go through this like really thin snow wall and like slide away to safety uh but the fort collapses on the dog and then the dog dies and then that's all the kids come together in their mutual sadness and decide to stop this war that they're fighting but yeah and then yeah for some reason that uh that great peanut butter experiment or experience peanut um, butter solution the yes yep Yep. I I, um, I think it was based on a kid's book, actually. I think so too. It's on Roku and Tubi. Really? Okay. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah, it, it's honestly it's not cool, but it's it's uh, it's it's weird. But and I know like if I check it out, um, it's not going to hold up. Uh, the great peanut. Butter solution. Yep. Great. Just peanut butter solution. Really? I think the book might be called The Great Peanut Butter Experiment. Because, like, that kid, there he has some sort of disease or something, right? And that's. He, no, he, he gets scared by ghosts and loses all of his hair. Yeah. Oh, man. Talk about, like, weird, man. Like,. So he loses his hair because who he sees... read this script and said this is a this is gonna be the perfect <laughs> who re... who I who read this and went this is the movie that I want to be remembered for. So yeah, so this is basically the premise. So there's <laughs> a kid that sees a ghost, loses his hair. Him and his buddy find this this magic recipe of 
peanut butter and, uh, yeah. and hair stuff to put on his head to grow his hair. And then it grows super long, like, is it Rapunzel? That That's the hair that grows? Mm. And then they sell his hair because it's growing so fast. And then they make brushes out of it, like painting brushes. And then this evil painting guy captures the kid, makes a painting that they can walk into, and that's where he's holding the kid. In this, like, this painting is, like, of this old shack or something, and that's where that's where this kid is, like, being held captive. Yeah, it is weird. It, it but, yeah. Again, I, that, I remember that movie my parents absolutely detesting. But, all right, so the next one on the list here is My Little Pony, the movie. That's 1986. I don't think I've ever watched My Little Pony, the movie. I've watched some of the newer My Little Pony because my, when my daughters were younger, my Shelby especially loved My Little Ponies. Um, back in the eighties, nine, my cousin Steve used to love My Little Pony. Um, he was a big pony fan, much to um, his parents not really liking that because you know. But anyway. Um, it, but he was ahead of his time because now that's like a like a pop culture subculture called bronies, and that's like guys that are fans of My Little Pony. So so my cousin Steve was the first brony I ever met, or actually he's probably the only brony I think I've ever met. So, but anyway, does anyone have any memories of the My Little Pony movie? The how do I word this nicely? I watched the new one as well when it first came out because I was hearing all sorts of stuff about it. And I'm like, oh, this is just like a fun cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it, this is cute. Um, but I didn't go any further than that. Like, I, I didn't decide to get, you know, tattoos of them or, or write erotic fan fiction, you know? I had... <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Why didn't you? Or cosplay... Well, I was writing about I was writing it about other things. You you know <laughs> you know something that's I I personally find weird with the new My Little Ponies is they did like a spin off of where it was like My Little Ponies, but they were like in human form. Don't talk about Equestria High in a bad way, or I will. Fight it, you. Is that what that's called? <laughs> where they it's were yes, girls, it's called, right? they're, they're, yeah, it's Equestria Girls, and they're fantastic. Shush. Okay, no, I I just as as uh, uh, you know. At the time, I was like thirty plus, and you know, have two little girls at home like that. I just found that weird, but I, you know, but anyway, I'm old fashioned. They got you know, I like my ponies over the pony humans. <laughs> the sad thing is, this is the second My Little Pony conversation of today I've had. Um, so. The the modern one is like a better animation style. I don't. It's not anime. I don't want to say that, but it's more. It's a cartoon. Cute. And the original one is just kind of like, what the hell is this? It just it it quality wise, it doesn't hold up. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely you know at, at the time it, like we had this explosion of 
properties, like, you know, for girls, you know, and boys, you know, like I said, my cousin Steve, uh, you had the Care Bears, you had My Little Pony, you had Gem and the Holograms for the guys. Which is one of the best shows on the planet. Definitely, one of the best theme songs, for sure. I love that theme song. Um, But I did watch the show with my sisters growing up, so. Um, I I never watched it, but whenever I see it referenced in any way, I always think, man, that looks cool. It is so cool. Like, you definitely need to, if you ever get a chance, to, like, sit down and just watch a few episodes. They're, like, almost all on YouTube where you can find them places. It is a trip. Like, it is amazing. Um, My... The the friend that I mentioned that I'm going to be seeing in Houston, Miss M, she's a huge Gem in the Holograms fan. So anytime I see something Gem, I, I think of her. Um, but yeah, I was saying like you know we had this explosion of all these different franchises, and, and on the the boy side of things, we had GI Joe, we had Transformers, we had He Man, we had um, Thundercats. Like it was it was a great time to be a kid, you know, and to be into toys because you know all these franchises also had toy lines attached to them so that was cool uh speaking of which the next movie is transformers the movie 1986 um i still love this movie um it it, i mean it's goofy it's you know especially when they have that like whole musical number on that junk planet that's kind of you know it it's fun um i remember Optimus Prime dying was, like, one of the biggest shocks. You know, like, it was right up there with when Mr. Spock died. You know, like, how could you kill Optimus Prime? Thankfully, they they were able to resurrect him. Um, But at the time, it was like, holy crap, what did you you guys just do? Like, this is crazy. Um, And, like, this movie had some really good... uh, Voice talent, like Leonard Nimoy played uh, Galvatron, who uh, Megatron turns into. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Godfather guy. Didn't was it? Wasn't this his last movie? Brando? Uh, no, it was Orson Welles' last one. Oh, Orson Welles. Yes, he was Unicron. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know why I was thinking Marlon Brando, but anyway, um, both bigger guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, does anyone have any thoughts on the Transformers movie? It's amazing, it made me cry. Yeah, sorry. It, it's still good, and they still re-release it every few years. So, yeah, it, it it's solid, man. It's solid. Yeah, it definitely has a following. I know my son loved it, because I introduced him to this, um, this movie, and uh, yeah. Uh, Kev, did, what were your thoughts on the Transformers I, I was just, it, It's still the best Transformers movie. Yeah. Honestly, you know, yeah. Co- counting all the recent ones, it's still the best one. Um, what I love is just, like, how it changed things, too. Like, I, I mean, yeah, Optimus Prime dying was a big moment for kids in the 80s. Yeah. And, like, my, my kid, um, when we watch... Jeez, uh, I almost said the wrong thing. When we watch Endgame... Mm-hmm. He didn't watch Marvel for almost a year. Was so upset about Iron Man's death. Mm. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, this is for your generation. That's what it's going to be. <gasps> mm-hmm. 
oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. Because I remember, like, obviously this movie came out when I was, like, a toddler. But when I watched it when I was, I think I was 11, and my best friend and I were just bawling. It drastically bawling. And I remember just being so affected. And that was one of the first times I, I learned a cartoon could be more immersive and you could get easily like that attachment to them it mm-hmm. than like a live action kind of thing the the thing that we didn't realize as kids but what was actually going on behind the scenes and this was true also of the gi joe movie was they were killing off these characters because they had a next another line of toys they wanted to introduce so they were using the death of these characters to get them their toys off the shelf so they can introduce these other characters from the movie like hot rod and and um the girl transformer i can't remember her name but rc yeah rc yeah so that you know and it was kind of like also the with the gi joe movie you know like they using air quotes killed duke but then they reversed it at the end and said that you know doc says duke's gonna be okay at the end of the movie uh because of the poor reception of the death of Optimus Prime. So Duke is like the Optimus Prime of the G.I. Joe universe. He's the main guy, and, and they killed him off in that movie. But then when they saw what happened, they were like, no, we can't do that. But it was also used to introduce all these, you know, Cobra Law characters. Um, so, you know, so yeah, they get rid of these, these characters just to make more toys and sell them to kids. But. Well, the 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 crazy thing too is, like, and and I was telling my kid about this when I I remember being younger, going into stores that had toys, and eventually you'd hit it at the right time, and oh my god, the new like GI Joe was our big one, mm-hmm. but this is the same for all of them for you know Transformers for He Man for all the big ones in the eighties. But G.I. Joe was the big one for my brother. Now, you go down the toy aisle, you see one new G.I. Joe. Oh, my God. The new ones are out. And you flip it over and you look at that card back and look at all the other new ones for the series. Yep. You're like, oh, my God, these are all the characters we're going to get. And then, okay, well, how are they going to come into the cartoon? How are they going to come into the comic? What's their deal? You know, like just trying to figure out which one's going to end up being the coolest one that we're going to be so excited about. Yeah. But the other thing that G.I. Joe would do, oh, here's a new costume for Snake Eyes or for Duke or for Hawk or for whoever. Like, yeah. So we don't have to get rid of these characters. We're just freshening them up. Yeah. And I understand, hey, there's new characters and all. But the the attitude of them at the time of, well, we got to kill off the old ones. No, you can keep the old ones. You just fade them into the background, have the new ones be the mm-hmm. focus to introduce them all. Then you can have all of them. Why sell twenty toys when you can sell forty toys? You know, like I don't get it. Yeah. Um. The the Duke thing too, which I found out much later on. So, um, if I'm un- if I'm remembering correctly, GI Joe the movie was in production before the Transformer movie was. However, Transformers mm-hmm. finished first and came out first. The GI Joe movie, when it was in production, said, "Oh, like it was in the script, we're going to kill off Duke." Yep. Transformers, the people working on Transformers find out about this and go, oh, geez, if they're killing off Duke, we gotta do something big too. We'll kill off Optimus Prime. Transformers movie gets done first. It comes out. They killed off Optimus Prime. The reaction's horrible. Kids just bawling their eyes out, remembering it all their life. And then G.I. Joe, which had <laughs> not yet come out, 
goes, well, we can't do that, and does that voiceover thing of, hey, Duke's going to be all right, which was clearly added later on. So <laughs> Optimus Prime dies because Duke dies, but then Duke lives because Optimus Prime dies. <laughs> it's like a soap opera, but animated. I was robots. literally just thinking that. I was like, wow, I need a map to follow that story. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, actually, when you think about it, there has to be, like, soap operas get those magazines where they have, like, who's slept with who? Who's done this? Who's married who? Who's actually related? If we did that for some of the cartoons, (laughs) that'd be perfect. Just explain it. Like, I mean, for the Marvel Universe, you'd need an entire, like, giant book. Oh, yeah. Um, Side thing there for the relationship map and soap opera's comparison there. I hope someone, and if any of you find it, send me the link. I hope someone sat down and figure out who is the most promiscuous person ever on TV. Like, went through all the soap operas, all the sitcoms, whatever, and figured out who has slept with the most people on their show. Not in real life, but I mean, like, their character. I did see somewhere about, like, Jerry Seinfeld, like on the on his show, he because he dates so many women on that show, like pretty much every episode he has a new girlfriend. Almost not not every episode, but most of them. Yeah. So I, I think I, I read. Saw, I saw a thing somewhere where they compiled all the Seinfeld people and how many boyfriends or girlfriends they'd had, and yeah, they, you know, they all did pretty good. Yeah. See, I was going to guess uh, Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah. I was definitely. just going to say that. I was like, uh, there's one person here that all of us know and <laughs> no one has mentioned yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely him. Um, also, that guy from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, oh, Barney. Yeah, yeah Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, man. Barney Stinson might have set the record for that. That's true. But there's there be and a it's so especially one hilarious because in real life. NPH is, you know, gay. Yeah. Plays a very convincing womanizer, though. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like, the soap opera angle, like, yeah, it'd be, you could do, like, almost like a family tree, because, like, there's so many ones that have, like, swapped partners and married their stepmoms and, you know, uh, slept with their daughter-in-laws and, you know, it's, it's crazy, like, what uh, the soap operas do. Like, I would say Victor Newman from Young and the Restless is probably up there. He's been oh, with... Victor, v- Victor's been in a lot of committed relationships. Though. I mean, he's been, <laughs> that that he's is with true. Nikki forever. He was with that blind woman in the late 80s, early 90s there. Yeah, he had a young woman in the 2000s, I remember, and she died or something. That's true. I'm yeah. assuming he dated an abbot somewhere along the way. Oh, well, he was with uh, Jack's sister, Ashley, right? Ashley. Cause I think you're right. I think they were married. It's crazy that I know so much about Young and the Restless. Yeah, what happened here, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it's addictive hey, and it's terrible. Yeah. Hey, I, you know that? I honestly, I think that's what solidified my wife and I as a couple was was all the hours we spent watching Young and the Restless together. Ironically, wow. we don't we don't watch it anymore, but. 
But every once in a while, you know, like if I, you know, because it airs right before the five o'clock news and I'll turn it to global and I'll catch the last like five minutes and and I'll see, oh, that guy's still on the show or that lady's still on the show. Um, but anyway, uh, the next movie, I've never watched this myself, but I'll throw it out there. BMX Bandits, 1983. Oh. The, t- the, t- the title is so exciting, promising and Wild Adventures, despite its heroes, including a young Nicole Kidman being yeah. too young for a driver's oh God, license. And yet the movie is dry and far more boring than a tale of kids versus robbers has any right to be, except for Kidman completists best stick to the Goonies. Uh, like I said, I've never watched this, so uh, Lillian, your thoughts? I remember being, I thought this was like such a cool movie when I was a kid. And now that I look back, I'm just looking at it going, wow. Yeah, yeah they, no, it doesn't hold up. Yeah, like I said, I've never seen it. I didn't realize that this was Nicole Kidman's first movie. Uh, but Kev, you've, you've seen it as well? I have seen it. Um, this one's okay. I've seen it, you know, like maybe twice. However, there's a much, much better BMX movie from the 80s. Yes, there is, and I think I know the one you're talking about. Uh, does it star Aunt Becky? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Rad oh, is a much Rad is movie. so good. Love Rad. I, I may have gotten the very quick DVD release. Yeah. And I may have found a VHS at a church yard sale. I used to have such a crush on Aunt Becky, but then with the whole college scandal thing, I lost all respect oh, for her. She's so cute in this movie. I mean, she's still beautiful even now, but yeah. The fact yeah, that... Crew Jones is amazing, Bart, oh, just everything. Excellent. Everything. Um, the bike dancing. <laughs> bike dancing. Bike dancing to send me an angel. Huh. Oh, so good. Interesting. Um, all right, so the next movie on the list is Mannequin, 1987. Uh, you probably still love this, but it uses sexual harassment as a punchline and treats its only openly gay and best character. Um, and it treats its only openly gay and best character. That's it. I don't know. Oh! Treats the gay characters a punchline. Okay. Um, Hollywood Montrose. Oh, sorry. Character. Hollywood Montrose as a joke. Also, the whole being in love with a dummy thing is super, super creepy when you think about it. Was this the one with, uh, what's her name from Sex and... Kim Cattrall? Kim Cattrall, yep. Okay, I remember this movie. Yeah, she becomes like a real person and... Yeah. But yeah, that is kind of... I was I uh, originally you know I would say it's crazy to fall in love with a dummy but if she turns into a young Kim Cattrall it's hard to hard to argue that um, I don't know I've, I've fallen in love with some dummies over my life <laughs> and they weren't mannequins I thought the exact same thing not about you though <laughs> <laughs> about myself for myself um, <laughs> you don't know it at the time and in the movie they portray that that they didn't know it at the time yeah. Because um, there's a character on um, 
the Umbrella Academy, who's like in this dystopian future, and he falls in love with the mannequin. But it's a real mannequin. It doesn't. And turn it's into... fantastic. Yeah, it's Five awesome. Is so much fun. I still haven't watched the third season yet. I still got to watch that. And, you've, and it came out like two years ago. Well, I guess it'll be two years this summer. But yeah, I I, I really like that show. Um, but anyway, uh, any thoughts on Mannequin besides what we already said? Man, it's such a like in twenty twenty four eyes. It's such a weird movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's stuff that now seems problematic you're like oh my gosh i can't believe that we made jokes like that or got away with it or whatever mm-hmm. but i remember watching it when i was a kid and i was thought it was just like a great love story silliness movie and one of the things i really liked about it i, I was i was a mall rat when i was a kid and i you know would uh department stores would babysit me sometimes you know mm-hmm. oh mom has to do actual shopping i'll just hang out in the toy aisle in the magazine aisle for two hours yeah <laughs> um and in the movie there's like oh here's a giant store because uh, like it's pretty much supposed to be macy's but it's not macy's because they mm-hmm. have to you know pay them yeah but here's giant displays in the store and the store's huge it's so big you could hang out in there and meet people and fall in love and all sorts of crazy stuff could happen i just it, really like the fantasy of giant stores I guess I've always been a slut for commerce <laughs> but Mannequin's fun the sequel is terrible Mannequin 2 on the move is much worse hmm. I didn't even know there was a sequel and I don't believe there should be a sequel there shouldn't be and there's exactly concert rumors that they're going to do a reboot no it, it, uh, no is the sequel with Kim Cattrall or someone different? Someone different, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because I think this was the first movie. Oh, we lost Kevin again. Oh, jeez. He'll come back. He'll come back. Um, I think this was the first movie I remember seeing Kim Cattrall in. And he's, and he's back. I have no oh, clue. Oh, we got you on video now. Oh, well, no one needs that. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Kev. We didn't see anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I was just saying, Kev. I think this was the first movie I ever seen Kim Cattrall in. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, the next movie on the list, is, or on this, like I said, this uh, quick list, uh, Short Circuit Two, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, the first short circuit is pretty charming, really, because Johnny Five came alive and just wanted to learn stuff. The sequel, which has white actor Fisher Stevens in brownface as a stereotyped Indian immigrant, Benjamin Baver, is more problematic. So that his that guy that yeah. was with him through the movie is actually a white guy? Yeah. I did not know that. Like, that just blows my mind. I mean, I haven't seen this movie since I, you know, the not early 90s, I think. I remember my cousin record, because my cousin, he had, his family had, like, the first, like, satellite system that, you know, like, the old 10-foot di- you know, dish uh, thing that we knew of. So he recorded this off the satellite and lent us the vhs tape so my sister and i like watch it a bunch of times 
Um, but I totally did not make that connection that that guy was a white guy in brown face. Hmm. Crazy. But I, I remember as a kid loving this movie. I, you know, I, between the two of them, I look, preferred Short Circuit 2. Um, but any, you know, as a kid. But like I said, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I, so. I, I don't think I ever watched the second one. I have very fond memories of the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first one wasn't bad or anything, but I just, number two I preferred because he goes to New York. Yeah. So he's walking around New York and, and meeting people and and uh, getting into a whole bunch of shenanigans. and. But yeah, the first one had, uh, what's his name, from Cocoon, or Three Men and a Baby. Gutenberg. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg. And uh, what's, oh, her, yeah. what's her name? Um... Uh, was it Ali Sheedy? Yes, Ali Sheedy. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say from the Breakfast Club, yeah. Um, and then this one, yeah, because I think that that the guy that is in Brownface, I think he's in the first movie as like uh, Gutenberg's friend, and then yeah. he kind of becomes like the main star of this movie because probably Gutenberg refused to do it. So interesting. Uh, anyone else have th- any thoughts on Short Circuit 2? I remember it, but I don't remember it as well as I did the first one. And I think it's because I liked the first one better okay. than the second one. Not saying that the second one was bad by mm-hmm. any means. I just feel like they could have done more with it. I don't know. It was it was definitely a continuation from the first one, but not in the way I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, yeah, like I said, it wasn't bad, but for me it wasn't great. I liked the first one better. Yeah, I think maybe my nostalgia for the second one stems from the fact that I, that was the first one I watched. I never watched the original one when it originally came out. So I saw the second one first, and then we went back and watched the, the first one. But, you know, we preferred the second one, I think, because we had watched it so much. Um. But yeah, Johnny Five. I, I like that guy. Um, so the next movie on the list is Masters of the Universe, nineteen eighty-seven. Another oh, day, yeah. Another yeah. day, another movie based on a toy franchise. Although this one is live action for a change, it's still a cheap Conan wannabe, with the fate of Eternia dependent on a few Earth kids and Dolph Lundgren's leather bikini. And Frank Langella <laughs> deserves better than the Skeletor makeup he suffers here. Um, and I, I, I know I've talked about this before on, on different episodes. This movie definitely doesn't hold up. Um, as a kid, I absolutely love this movie. I seen it in the theater. I remember my mom taking my my the same cousin that had the satellite taking my cousin and his mom. And we went to, to the theater in Barhead to watch it. And I remember being blown away, loving it. And then, you know, it was one of those movies, whenever I'd see it repeat on TV, we'd watch it. We loved it. I bought the VHS tape finally, I think, when I was 18 years old. Um, I It was at, it was in a, at a London Drugs in uh, West Edmonton Mall that I picked it up. And 
Then a few years ago, like I want to say maybe 10 years ago, I picked up the DVD and it kind of, it just kind of sat around. And then during the pandemic, when we were, you know, all locked up and, and watching stuff, uh, my wife who had never seen it, we put it in the DVD player. Cause I was like, you know, I used to love this movie when I was a kid. I think we only made it like 20 minutes in. And then we both kind of looked at each other and was like, are, are you bored? I'm like, <laughs> yeah are you bored yeah let, let, let's watch something else like um but it still has a special place in my heart like frank langella as skeletor is amazing i love dolph lundgren you know like at the time he was the best choice to play he-man like uh, like uh, you know honestly um but it, i've you know a lot of people don't know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like it was done on the cheap I was released by Canon Pictures uh, that was having a lot of problems at the time, financially. Um, the fact that, because um, it was the same production, or the same movie company that was releasing Superman 4, and because Superman 4 was such a bomb, it actually affected the production of He-Man, and... They had they actually had their budget cut a bunch because of the financial loss that they suffered from Superman four, um, and then and then uh, like like the whole uh, final scene of Batman and Skeletor fighting, um, that was like honest like I I remember watching a it, it was a thing about He Man or, or something, and they were talking about that fight scene. And basically, it was done like in like a day or two, and it's all close-up shots because they didn't have the budget to to properly film it. They didn't have the you know the time to do the choreography right. They didn't you know to get the stunt doubles in. So it's all close-up shots. It's it's you know a lot of lighting, a lot of fog, and uh, at the time it was like amazing, but. On retrospect, it's not that great, but I mean, it, they did the best that they could with the, with what they had to work with. But yeah, this movie introduces us to a young Robert Duncan McNeil, who went on to play Lieutenant Tom Paris on Voyager, and Courtney Cox, who we all know as uh, uh, Monica Geller from uh, from Friends. This was like her first movie. This was right after she did the. Bruce Springsteen vid it's Bruce Springsteen, right, Kev? The Yeah. Yeah. Uh what 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 what's the song? Um Dancing in the Dark. Dancing in the Dark, yes. Where yeah, the video where she goes up on stage and dances with him. Yeah. So this was right after that. Um so yeah. If you want if you're if you want to see a young Courtney Cox, this is a great movie to check out. And and it's got some fun parts to it, but I honestly I think if you've never seen it before, it might not hold up for you. But anyway, uh, anyone else thoughts on Masters of the Universe? I always remember, like I loved it as a kid. I remember watching it many many times. Mm -hmm. But I always remember being puzzled why the characters looked different than the characters from the toys and yeah. the cartoon and some of them even had different names mm -hmm. and i always remember thinking that was so weird that it didn't match up and sync up properly yeah it, even as a kid that always bothered me 
But I remember watching it many times and loving it. And I remember that my parents didn't really like it. Yeah. That's well, it always kind of grown when that's what we wanted to watch. And I want to say like 80% of the movie actually takes place on Earth. Yeah. So you, you don't really... Also the, yeah. And you, as a kid, it was kind of cool because it's like, oh, there's He-Man and he's in our world. He's, you know, like they're in a music store that is like most music stores in our world. You know, they're um, driving around in a car. Like, that's cool. But, you know, as an adult, it's like, I don't want to see He-Man in at Earth. Yeah. You know, like, I want to see him on attorney. I want to see the flying vehicles. I want to see, you know, all the uh, fantasy stuff. But, of course, you know, you don't realize as a kid that they can't afford that, and it's cheaper to film on location. So having him come to Earth was just a way of uh, cheapening the production financially. Yeah. So, um, I haven't rewatched it as an adult. I've thought about it, but I feel like it'll probably just make me not like it. So I've kind of, you know, I'll leave it where I remember it as a kid. I'm sure it's not a very good movie, but as a kid, it was pretty pretty good. Yeah. All right, so the last movie we're going to discuss on this uh, somewhat lightning round is Mac and Me, 1988. Uh, one of the worst movies ever made. This is a cheap <laughs> E.T. copycat and replaces charm and magic with McDonald's product placement. There is little to say... In its favor, except that the wheelchair-using lead, Eric, um, was at least played by a genuine wheelchair user in the rare moment of 1980s casting diversity. So I didn't realize, yeah, he was actually a, a, a kid in a wheelchair, for real. Um, honestly, my I, I remember as a kid liking this movie. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but my... The only exposure I've had to Mac and Me since then is when, uh, um, what's his name there, uh, Judd, or uh, no, um, Ant-Man, uh, why am I in, uh, Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd, yes, when Paul Rudd would uh, appear on Conan, mm -hmm. and he'd be, you know, uh, he has a new movie coming out, and they have a clip, and he would show that clip from Mac and Me, where the kids, like, uh, is going down a hill in his wheelchair and then like flies off a cliff. Yep. And that, <laughs> and, um, that's the same. Anytime Paul Rudd shows up on Conan, that's what the clip he would show. Like, you know, he's promoting the new Ant-Man movie and then, Oh, we got a new, you know, clip from the Ant-Man movie. And then he'd show that Mac and me clip. Um, so that was like a running gag he had with Conan. Like every time he showed up on a show. Um, and then I just seen one the other day where, uh, the cops are, are, are shooting at Mac, Max, Mac and his alien family, I guess. And they end up shooting a kid or something. Um, but I don't know what happened if, if the alien, I can't imagine a movie, the kid dies from gunshots, but like, I'm sure Mac and his family saved the kid, but I don't remember that at all. But, um. I just seen that on like a Facebook short or whatever, not too long ago. But as a kid, yeah, I, I loved that movie. 
as an adult, I know I would not like it, so I'm not going to check it out. Um, anyone uh, thoughts on Mac and Me? I you am... guys missed me for my favorite movie. I just realized. Wow! Uh... Short Circuit Two. Oh. Well, I, th- I thought I, I thought I asked if it. Oh, maybe. Okay, let's go back and talk about Short Circuit Two real quick. Still, I just gotta quickly be like, I love this movie more than anything. It's one of my favorites on the planet, and I quote it still religiously on a basis, even though it has inappropriate stereotypes. It has definitely inappropriate stereotypes, but at but the same time, that was the '80s. Exactly. There were so many inappropriate stereotypes that we know now. I, I mean, mean, then it was normal. And I mean, some of the stuff, like, the the really bad raps or the really bad jokes, I just, I love it. Is that where, is that the movie where they have that gang that says they're going to knock you yep. into outer space? Yeah, okay. this locals kick your ass. This yeah. This locals, locals kick your balls into outer space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, like, if, if, if you guys jump in at any time, if I move on, just let me know. Um, I don't, I don't mean to cut anyone off or, 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 uh, miss anybody. So I apologize. Um, but any, does anyone have any thoughts on Mac and me? I, I, I didn't even know it existed. I don't think. I gotta say I'm... like the, the aliens are freaking creepy looking like mm-hmm. uh, as a kid, I didn't mind, but as an adult, I'm like, these are things from like a nightmare or something i feel like as a kid i was in the room when someone was watching it you know my brother maybe or at babysitters yeah. or something like i was in the room when someone was watching it and i just look up and went i have other things to do with my life <laughs> yeah but honestly i think the 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 lasting legacy of that movie is the the paul rudd gag on conan you know like it, yeah. it made it fun Made it funny. Because um, I think that kid like falls off a cliff and ends up in a lake, so he doesn't die or anything. But and I can't remember if that's the same kid that gets shot in that clip i seen. But anyway. All right, so for this episode, the last movie we're going to talk about is from 1984, and it is The Karate Kid. A bully Ooh, kid huh? and an old huh? man... Form an unlikely friendship in the best underdog tale of the 1980s. Uh, did you know Ralph Macchio still owns the film's Canary Yellow 1947 Ford Super Deluxe Club Convertible, which I hmm. believe we have seen in Cobra Kai, so that's cool. It was in Cobra Kai, yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the thing with this movie is like now we got this uh, series, Cobra Kai. Which started as a Netflix series, or no, sorry, started as a YouTube series, then got bought up by Netflix, which is cool, and uh, and it features Ralph Macchio and and um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on that actor, the guy who played the bad guy in Karate Kid, his rival. Um, oh damn, I'm drawing a blank. I don't remember. Um, like John Kreese. John Kreese. Well, Kreese is the. The the blonde one, um, Martin Cove. Because uh, Crease is the old guy, right? He's he's like yeah. the old master. Yeah. Um, but jo- Johnny oh, Lawrence, like Johnny. Johnny, yeah, Johnny right. Lawrence, yeah. William Zabka. 
That's the actor's name? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I... Oh, it's crazy. Cry I Kids, one of my favorite movies. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, and, and I love, like, you know, sp- like just talking to Cobra Kai, I, I love the fact that it redeems Johnny it, it, and it uh, also kind of redeems... Um, not that he needed redeeming, but Ralph Macchio's character, um, bringing him back into it, um, because yeah, they did Karate Kid one, Karate Kid two, then there was Karate Kid three. Was that that was still with Ralph Macchio, right? That's the one where he joins Cobra Kai, I think. Uh, the third one. Yeah, isn't that the one with that Silva guy, like the long-haired guy, that's also now the big bad guy in Cobra Kai? Well, the Silva guy, he was also in. Uh, Karate Kid one and two. He was the the like the sub underneath Crease. It was another really? sensei. Because because mm-hmm. what is it? Isn't it number two when they go to Japan? Yeah. 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 No. Number two is that one. Number three is the one where he ends up becoming uh uh he joins Cobra Kai. Yeah, and he's getting trained by Silva, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny's not in that movie, right? It's some other kid that's there. Uh, I don't think he is and if he is it's like a flashback of of karate kid one or two i can't remember i don't like the second and third one is the first one was the best one that's the one i watched the most yeah but i think two takes place right after the tournament right because that's when um yeah uh is it reese the old master he starts beating crease he starts beating up johnny and then mr miyagi like beats him up yeah Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then they go to Japan for a tournament, and then that's where we meet that other guy who's yeah. also in Cobra Kai, but he's a good guy now. Well, uh, quote-unquote, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't finished the last season, so I don't know if he turns to the dark side or what happens. But And, and then, yeah, the silver one. And then the next Karate Kid, yeah. right? That's the one with, uh, what's her name? Hillary uh, Swank. Hillary Swank. Yes. Yeah. And then, which is one of my favoriteest movies of all time, because McGowan is fucking hot. Oh, <laughs> McGowan. Who's McGowan? McGowan is the boy that that is the love interest, and that boy is a beefcake. Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy who does uh, that sings that song. Um. Uh. Moonlight Desires, because it wasn't his wasn't his name McGowan, you know Moonlight Desires. He's got a, an amazing mullet. Um, <laughs> go, go or YouTube that when we're done here. McGowan, Moonlight Desires. I and tell me that's not like one of the best uh, mullets you've ever seen. You gotta you gotta specifically watch the movie Wolf Cop to see that song used to its full proper extent. <laughs> Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop is the best movie ever made in Saskatchewan. It's uh, an ultra-low-budget B-movie throwback about a werewolf cop. Interesting. Interesting. And it's violent, and it's fantastic. And uh, the sex scene features that song. And Moonlight Desires? Nice. And it is just unbelievably fantastic. I love that song. I think that song's fantastic. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. But they put it to really good use in Wolf Cop. 
<laughs> Excellent. Um, so anyway, getting back to the Karate Kid. Loved this movie as a kid. Honestly, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Like I, I remember watching the all three. Actually, I've seen all the all four of those Karate Kid movies. Because then the next one would have been the Will or Jaden Smith one, right? Yeah, that would Jaden have been the Smith third. and Jackie Chan. Yeah. yeah, never did watch Which, that. Okay, you it. It's good. It's not, you know, '80s Karate Kid good, but it does but it pay homage to that in its, in a sense, right? Um, you still have that that feel of Karate Kid, but not the '80s feel of Karate Kid. But yeah. it's done beautifully. Like honestly, it is. Uh, it really is. Uh, and Jackie Chan is just so wonderful. Perfect. Perfect. He's, yeah, his scenes like heartbreaking and. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, the kid like did a hell of a job, like really good. He did. He's a very emotional actor, which is great. He shows emotion really well, well in the, that, which is, you know, a nice way to put it. <laughs> the rumor is like following the Karate or Cobra Kai, because this is the final season coming up, that they're going to be doing a, a Karate Kid movie again with Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan. That would be awesome. Yeah, so I mean, if if you like, I'm not sure how the the new Karate Kid story goes, but yeah, if you can have Jackie Chan like playing Mr. Miyagi's well, still, have you not son or something. Cobra, have you have you not watched Cobra Kai? Me? You? Uh, I. How many seasons is there? Five so far? Three. So no, there's got to be f- at least four. But I didn't finish the last season. I I okay, did. But you have watched it. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah there are I, five. Never mind. No. Yeah, and, I was and, gonna say there is five because it's six coming out. Yeah. So I'm like two episodes into five, and then I haven't gone back to finish it. Um, oh man. But, how did you? How did? How did you stop watching it? Well, <laughs> it's so good. Because it's one of those shows that my wife and I watch together. So I mean, if I if I go so if I go rogue and watch it, it's it's akin to cheating. So I can't mm-hmm. do that because uh, my wife will probably divorce me. You know. No, but that's valid. That is valid. There are certain things that yeah. we will not watch without each other. And so Dan and I are just like we're at an impasse with certain things. Yeah. So my wife and I, it always seems like you know for some reason we didn't get back to it right away, and then we both went off watching our own shows, and then. Yeah, but we're we're gonna get back to it for sure. Um, because yeah, like I the lot meant it more as like it's like a binge show. Like you, you just like, oh I, yeah. For me personally, like I just want more and well, more and more of it. The first it's three, so good. The first three seasons we binged because we never wa- had watched it. Um, but my brother-in-law, um, he was like telling me, "Yo, you should watch it. You should watch it." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I haven't seen the Karate Kid movie since I was eight. Uh, you know." since the 80s and, and the 90s and he's like it doesn't matter like you, you can watch this show and they catch you up and they tell you what you need to know and, and it's great and it's so true it's it, it it's awesome i love cobra kai um but like i said you know my wife and i just got to kind of get back to get back on that train because we went got off it for some reason um and yeah like i and i tell everyone that hasn't watched it like yeah if you haven't watched karate kid since the 80s that's fine they tell you what you need to know and you can get by um and yeah like 
for example, like, yeah, when they, when he went to Japan, what was it, season three? I think he went to Japan. That was awesome. Uh, you know, seeing, even though I, I hadn't watched Karate Kid 2 since the 80s, seeing his girlfriend, seeing his, you know, the guy he fought and all that kind of stuff, it was so awesome. Like, you know, like, they've done such a good job. And the and the interesting thing of it is, is Will Smith has the rights to the Karate Kid, so he, him and Jaden are actually producers on Cobra Kai because they bought the rights to the franchise when they did the the reboot movie. So, and I mean, they must be friends with Ralph Macchio because, like I said, they're doing this movie after the next season of Cobra Kai where he's going to be teaming up with Jackie Chan. So that's cool. I was I was kind of hoping Hillary Swank would show up in Cobra Kai. Has she shown up at all? Lillian or I don't Alexa? think so. Okay, because no, not yet. No, cause, no, sorry. Because no, we were because I because you know uh, what's her name? I can't remember her character, but Peyton List, uh, the bad, the Cobra Kai girl that comes in. Is it season two? She comes in. Um. And she's taking care of her dying mom. I was always thinking her dying mom was Hillary Swank. Swank's character. But I guess not. I don't know. Hmm. But anywho. Anywho. Um, the Karate Kid. Yeah. Uh, great movie. Great spinoffs. Uh, looking forward to the next movie. Um, Ragnar, your thoughts on the Karate Kid. Well, I have to admit, I've only seen the first movie. I, I've seen uh, most of the show, Cobra Kai, but the Karate Kid, I've only actually seen the first movie. But as a kid, holy shit, that movie was incredible. <laughs> you know, as like, as a kid, that movie was just mind-blowing and made every kid who watched it want to learn karate, like, mm -hmm. for sure. And, uh, and, and I... Very much felt when I watched season one of Cobra Kai, very much felt that excitement and magic again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have too much else to say except that it, you know, freaking kicked ass. Excellent. Uh, Lily, and your thoughts on The Karate Kid? I love it more than anything. Um, I... I love all things Karate Kid. I love every single Karate Kid movie for its own reasons. It's like, you know, those family members that you don't talk to that often, but every now and then you smile warmly and think of them. Mm -hmm. um, I love the Karate Kid movies. This movie is one that I will just put on because it makes me happy. Um, although it does have, <laughs> um, you know, 80s and 90s movies when it came to certain things, you just it's very 80s and 90s. And I will never forget as a child watching this movie and when he kisses her, all I could think was that was it looked like he was eating her face. And it just looked like the, the most uncomfortable looking kiss. Um, that was very much a thing that I remember in so many movies where it was like that whole open mouth kind of thing, which is not a thing nowadays. Well, and it's funny because I'm wondering, maybe they didn't practice before they led up to that shot. Um, and maybe he didn't actually know how to kiss, because that is a thing. Um, I, you know, have, you know, having dated, you know, before being married, um, different women, I have encountered that when 
someone doesn't know how to kiss, and it is very awkward. Um, and I don't know. I guess I just had good teachers, you know, like people, you know, <laughs> some, some, you know, wonderful. The most awkward but wonderful conversation because yes, it is a thing, but yeah, uh, just, <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure, like when it comes to movie kisses, there's there's direction. Um, and in but, this one, all I could think was like a lot of '80s movies had that big open mouth but <laughs> but like... but maybe there maybe there isn't though because i know um on the sopranos um in the i think the season one finale there's a scene where meadow has her boyfriend over and they're kissing and then um you never see that boyfriend again and the story goes that uh james gandolfini who plays meadow's dad uh, Tony, Tony Soprano um, was watching that scene being filmed and noticed that the guy was actually using Ton and then he actually went up to uh, Jamie Lynn Siegler uh, who's Meadow and said that he put his Ton in your mouth and she's like well yeah you know like because that's what she thought they were supposed to do it's supposed to be a kissing scene and he just like lost it he's like he's not supposed to be doing that and then he got that that guy fired um, for for slipping the ton because you know when you make when you're making a movie, especially I guess if you're kissing like a young actress, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to pretend like you're do you know slipping the ton, but you're not actually supposed to do it. Um, so like I said, maybe there was no direction. Maybe Ralph Macchio that was his first kiss. Maybe who knows? Um, because like I said, you know there are people out there that just don't know how to do it and. It it is awkward, definitely. Uh, Alexa, your thoughts on the on the Karate Kid? I already said it's one of my favorite movies ever. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, and Kevin, your thoughts? I I loved the movies when I was younger. I have not watched them in forever. Um, I haven't done any of Cobra Kai yet, even though I got seasons one and two sitting right here. Um. I want to. I just, it, it just hasn't happened. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's because of the awkward kissing. I just. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any awkward kissing in Cobra Kai. Not that I've noticed. But, well, um, but, but kissing, yes, but it's more appropriate it. teen kissing. <laughs> yeah, teens nowadays, I guess, with the internet and stuff, you know, you can learn these things. Um, yes, that's what teens are looking at. How to kiss. <laughs> Wholesome things like that. Yeah. You get awkward YouTube videos if you type that in. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Um but so Kev, I would I I would say, yeah, give it a watch. Like there's a couple things to keep in mind. Is sometimes it does get a little over the top and you're like, this seems a little goofy. Like but, throwing people through people's kitchen windows with no repercussions whatsoever. Yeah, that... And then there was that one scene where they were at the mall food court, and then all of a sudden, oh, like, God. there's a big fight, and all the tables get pushed back, and yep, and it's like, all right. the that's the only thing I think I've complained about in this show is I'll be sitting watching it with my husband, and we'll be like, "Where are the police? Yeah, where is everybody? Where's the assault where's charges? Mall security? Where's, where's, where's mall security? Like, this, well, there's a couple scenes where the kids break." so much stuff and i'm like you should all be bleeding you you should all be 
<laughs> yeah. Yes, there should be a lot but, more damages seen on the people, not just the stuff around them. I mean, unless because yeah. it's a set window, but if you throw somebody through a window, it will hurt them. Yeah. But so it's wrestling logic. Yes, but it, and I, and I tell people, because I actually recommended Cobra Kai to uh, a guy I used to work with, and he loved it, but yeah, that he brought this up, and I said, you got to think of it through, this is the same universe that the Karate Kid takes place in. So the rules that apply to, to real life kind of don't apply in this world. Uh, so you got to kind of take things, you, you know, like when it seems like this is really hokey, you got to remember this is also the same universe as, as those Karate Kid movies. When, you know, when karate championships are, you know, high school karate championships are like life-altering events, you know. Um, you got to kind of just take it like that, that this is its own thing. You know, it, it's a lot of fun, though. I love Cobra Kai. I, I, and I, I don't know. Maybe because I know it's coming to an end, I don't want to get back on it because I'll be all sad and stuff. But but anyway, I do have to go and finish Season 5 for sure. But anyway, I think we'll put a bookmark in the book and we'll continue this. We probably still have another three or four episodes to go of this 80s movies discussion. So uh, definitely a lot to work with. It was an awesome decade of movies definitely a lot to talk about uh but before we go let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet and alexa where can we find you uh twitch.tv forward slash rexarula excellent excellent uh kevin where can we find you sir you can find me on most social medias at hellions team and hellions team.com is my home blog Excellent. Uh, you can check out my blog, randomnerdness.blogspot.com. I don't do a lot of blogging these days, but I do weekly comic book picks, which is pretty light lately. Um, not reading a whole lot of new stuff because I'm kind of just stuck on the good stuff I like. So, um, And also, um, you may have noticed on this feed, I did a podcast episode called Chris's Soapbox, which was a segment I would do on Geek Fallout Reloaded, but I decided to spin it off to its own thing so we can kind of keep Geek Fallout Reloaded a little bit more, um, uh, you know, tighter, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I literally discuss a topic and give my thoughts, and eventually, yeah, if, if any of you guys want to to join in on Chris's Soapbox, if, you, if there's a topic or something you want to talk about uh or have an opinion about we could definitely capture that there um uh, so yeah be sure to check that out on the feed chris's soapbox um lillian where can we find you you can find me on twitter or x uh queen zombie or i think it's lily bean 84 just look up queen zombie that's a jelly bean like a zomb zomb jelly bean like anyways never mind it's a queen zombie it's me Excellent. uh that's a me Excellent. And Ragnar, where can we find you, sir? Uh, well, right now, uh, RagnarTheTrader.com. That's my main website. I'm uh, experiencing some pretty severe harassment from an ex-girlfriend on social media, so I currently actually have all my social media locked down while I wait Do you want for us the to players hurt her? to sort out. 
Well, sorry to hear that. That sucks. Yeah, it's uh, horrific, but uh, uh, either tomorrow or Monday she gets served with papers for a lawsuit, and uh, we'll see where that goes. If you need Uh-oh. anything, just yell. Mm-hmm. We are here for you. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, it's it's brutal, but I don't really want to talk about it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, understandable, understandable. Um, all right, well, I think we call this an episode. So, um, yeah, this was our um, best movies of the 80s. I want to say part three, uh, maybe part four. I'm not sure at this point. Um, but it's another episode where we're talking about the 80s movies, so thank you for, for joining us for that. My name is Chris Lockhart. I was joined by Ragnar, Alexa, Lillian, and Kevin. And, yeah, once again, thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to us talk about 80s movies. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. Cause what he does, he does so